The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Power columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. We're back in New South Wales today, specifically around the Cobar region. There's been quite a bit of uh, corporate action lately. There was a Glencore sale of a billion dollar plus CSA copper gold mine uh, not long ago. But today we've uh, a company that's got uh, more than 1,100 square kilometre temp tenement package in that part of the world with some very well-known operations on it, or very historically at least, but uh, it's just devised a strategic exploration review uh, to carry the group forward in the next two years, so quite exciting stuff. The company is Manuka Resources, the code is MKR, trading at 8.7 cents for a market cap of $44 million. Now, the author of the uh, strategic review the Strategic Exploration Review, that is, is Phil Bentley, a well-known chief geologist for the company, and we have Phil with us today to run us through what the, the review came up with and what we should be looking out forward, uh, forward to in the next year or two. So with that, I'll say, g'day, Phil. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Barry. Uh, pleasure to be here, and uh, I'm looking forward to sharing um, uh, one step at a time, as it is with Manuka. We uh, have had some periods of production at Wanawinter, but um, as you know, the company's known more as a silver asset. And uh, what I'll talk to you today is a, a bit of a change in our approach to put more focus on, on gold and polymetallic exploration to back up the significant uh, silver resource that we have. Right. Uh, you, you're quite right. So most people would say, oh, Manuka, that's uh, Wanawinter, 90 kilometres south of Cobar a 50 million ounce plus silver resource with uh, a production history, but and the company has been producing a few ounces uh, last year, uh, more as a trial to uh, switch the thing back on. But so this strategic review, what did that come up with in terms of the future for one winter? The, the key areas, Barry, was um, it really uh, re- restructured and trolled through a huge amount of previous work done by a lot of other, you know, over 20 other companies, and uh, which is, you know, a fair weight of data, and there's a lot of uh, geoscience data uh, and some excellent work by previous workers. The, the platform I've established is really what, what have we got that we can do something with, and I bring a degree of commerciality into uh, Manuka's team and I specifically was looking at what we can turn to account in the short term or what, what sort of project pipeline would be appropriate for the company to adopt. And as the, as the study progressed, it became apparent that uh, we should be bringing the gold into play. Uh, it's not to say our silver resources are not viable or anything like that. They're just... Uh, the oxides are quite difficult metallurgically, and we're still running bulk work uh, up until recently understanding that. In the meantime, the work that I've done has highlighted 
uh, surface material at Mount Poppy that can be upgraded through screening and then treated at the Wanyamunta plant for uh, sort of the next 10 to 12 months uh, cash flow. And, uh, and on the back of that is a number of near surface targets in that area, uh, specifically for gold. And then uh, at the McKinnon's uh, target, which was previously mined, it's a small open cast, 2 million tonnes for just under 2 grams, which realised 135,000 ounces. But, you know, that's less than 50 k's up the road from the plant and it's, not, it's worth having a look at. We've got good uh, polymetallic anomalies around that deposit. So when I look at the highlights of, of the work, not, not really just short term, but really my driver is to bring uh, the polymetallic opportunities and the gold opportunities into play to brace that we have on our tenements to brace up with our silver resource. And then, and if we are successful, and as you know, um, and people who know Cobar, it's it's a fickle area for exploration. Most of the mineralisation there is uh, lenticular and deep, and not doesn't have significant strike or major widths. So we're talking five to ten metres wide for classic style, maybe a hundred metres long lens, mm. and up to 1,000 to 2,000 metres depth at strike. So these targets, which have been exploited historically, they're still around and there's still our discoveries being made from underground drilling from existing operations. On Manuka's ground, we have uh, the Mount Boppy project specifically as a historic producer of 500,000 ounces at 10 grams. And we late last year, we finished... Uh, a phase of open casting and tragically we got thumped by the weather and uh, pits, we had a sidewall failure or part failure and then a major influx of water into the pit mm. and that um, sort of put things on hold on Boppy so we've re rethought our way through on the project what focus are we going to do with respect to gold, what are we going to do with respect to polymetallics and what came out of that was to, to go ahead with um, dewatering Boppy and, and making it safe. Uh, when exploration needs to do further deep drilling, uh, when I say deep, it's sub 200 metres below surface. It's around about 250 is the extent of historic workings at Boppy. And uh, we have a structural target that we need three or four holes initially to delineate. Uh, the, the, the extensions of, of mineralised structures. And, and on that point, one of the highlights of the study was actually there's a real opportunity to review our geophysical data mm. uh, and also to get our geological modelling uh, up to speed and integrate the two into cohesive structural models on the various targets that we work at. So virtually all of the project pipeline, which is shown in the press release, it's a, called a resource triangle, all of those projects will be under scrutiny for geological modelling, uh, a review of our in detail of the geophysical data we have. Um, we've just had uh, two days with uh, Nick Doreen from MITRE Geophysics going through exactly that, the detail of what surveys we've got. And, the output of all that work will be to get a structural framework, 
coating is in place to fine-tune where our, our, dr- our drilling initiates mm-hmm. and then how, how best to uh, progress that work to deliver indicated resources. And mm-hmm. the um, what I'd like to emphasise that the way I structure exploration is to deliver indicated resources to the mining team. Uh, they can be modified to a probable reserve depending on viability uh, factors and that, that's the target and uh, that's where the costing of the exploration has really been driven by bringing things to account that can be mined. And it may be open casting and it may even be uh, smallish high-grade uh, underground. Yeah. We'll see what comes out of it. Yeah. Uh, so the we've got a blend of adding uh, surety on the silver resources around Wanawinta. There's inferred that can be modified to indicate it. We've got a huge tract of ground on the Winduck shelf there, the carbonate host rocks to in the winter that has not been explored. So we've got a whole base metal play running through that area. And some of you won't be aware that one winter is rather interesting because it has a mercury and an antimony association with the silver mineralization and lower levels of lead and zinc. So People have been naming it a Mississippi Valley type, but it, it's, a, it's a cousin probably because of the limestone dolomite host. Uh, we've got work to do on basement structures and understanding fluid flow. Uh, actually, a really interesting uh, target to, to build on from that perspective. The, from a polymetallic point of view, we've got the pipeline ridge target which was never drilled out properly by previous workers and that's on the eastern side uh, southern end of our Cambelago EL and that's a really interesting play because it's more cobar uh, VMS style mineralization with copper lead and zinc uh, mineralization and also gold credits in the two to three gram range so uh, there's quite a bit of work and modeling to do there uh, they're, they're, and these are all targets that are less than 100 metres below surface, which is, I can't believe they still haven't been drilled, mm. uh, but that's the opportunity we have. And uh, maybe you've got some other questions for me now. Yeah. Uh, well, sort of bringing it all together, I noticed that the after all the high science and the sifting through the regional targets and the follow-up targets you have based on geochemical and geological work and follow-up targets you have, that you've been able to set this, uh, and you, you can't make this stuff up, uh, the exchange is quite strict on these things, you've come out with some uh, near-mine uh, indicated uh, mineral resource targets which are uh, quite substantial for uh, silver, I think it was 22 to 35 million ounces. This is in addition to the existing resource. And Mount Boppy, I think it was 250 to 530,000 ounces of gold. So quite a big price to uh, go, go chasing. Correct, Barry. The, um, so the one of winter um, has, by virtue of the drill out previously done to um, probable reserve, well, uh, indicated resources, there's infill drilling to bring in food into indicated. And then we have uh, both south and north of there, we've got uh, exploration data and recently done a microgravity survey there with um, targets that are legitimate extensions to the known mineralization. 
and on the basis of that, the um, those numbers have been derived, and the drill program uh, designed to drill out on a pretty tight 40, 50 metre grid to bring it into a confident level, uh, and also uh, to give us more um, orientated core so that we can get our lithologies and structures correct, and that applies as well to BOPI. Now, the BOPI number is a, inclusive of a number of other satellite uh, occurrences in that area, but the guts of the uh, upside of the exploration is at the BOPI deeps, and that's, uh, would, that's down the line. And uh, when I say down the line, there's obviously looking, we've got to drill it and get enough uh, resources intact to uh, support potentially a, um, a decline or uh, some sort of access to be planned and, and, and have a look at the capital costs of opening up an underground operation there. The other targets are all, uh, have never been mined to any degree and they are small, uh, spotty. Uh, there's a plethora of anomalies, both in gold and some base metals. Uh, and there's a lot of geophysical work that's been done that we need to pull together. The the actual rationale behind there was when we trolled through all of the historic drilling, we started finding information that supported um, certainly about 40 or 50,000 ounces play on top of 100, 150,000 ounces at the deeps of Boppy. So you'll see um, that there's a, a 250 to 530 number in the report for gold in terms of yeah. thousands of ounces uh, with Pipeline Ridge and, and some of the other targets around McKinnon's. There, that's the, the whole focus to get about four or five um, targets being turned and brought up into indicated resource category and then assessed whether we can turn them to account. Yeah, okay. Now obviously, central to it all is the uh, existence of the Wanawita treatment plant, which is capable of capable of doing both gold and silver. We know that now, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a um, tricky one. You know, we're 150Ks from Boppy and we've been looking at, well, we trucked ore through the, the a year or so back and, and successfully campaigned it. But it's, you know, that's $25, $26 a tonne and it really hits you. And I've started looking at the possibilities of a modular type plant at Boppy uh, to create a concentrate uh, and then move that down to one or one to it or else sell it, that type of play. Mm -hmm. Which uh, it's high-grade nature, lends itself to. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And overarching all of this was uh, this greater understanding of uh, that you've arrived at of um, the formation of these deposits in the, the K-Bar region, and you talk about fluid flow. Um, I was just wondering if you could span, expand on that for people, or the plumbing system that makes these things happen. Barry, the um, K-Bar, I mean, one of the reasons I've joined Manuka is that uh, this is a really challenging area, and um, I've had a pretty long career working around the world, and it's, it's a real privilege to be able to um, inherit data from such a historic mining uh, camp and also the nature of the deposits are um, quite varied uh, not only metallogenic you know copper lead mm. zinc but there's a gold kicker they're very attractive 
if you can get into one uh, and they make good money. That you, you know, you're looking at five up to ten percent combined metals with a one to eight gram per ton gold, and uh, they the, really are um, a persuasive uh, carrot to have a look at. So the my way of working, which is not foreign to many people at all, uh, to, to, to people as a rule, because we've, we've now got to the state where we integrate geoscience data from satellite to airborne and ground geophysics to mm. our drilling and, and geochemistry and, and multi-element work, uh, portable XRFs, all of that. But what, what the opportunity with the Manuka bundle is that we haven't, we really need to do our science a bit better. Uh, we need to capture and, and optimise our, our geophysical surveys, the actual nature of the rocks that we're measuring and trying to work on the contrast that can potentially lead to rheology, which when under deformation will uh, allow fluids to flow. The Kobar Basin is a complex history metallogenically from a, an open opening uh, rifting type arrangement through to uh, full transmissional closure and inversion. So you have um, a styles of mineralization that are formed during basin opening and mm-hmm. then they've been uh, subsequently deformed and then you've had uh, basinal and potentially uh, igneous source fluids flowing into the structures as the transpression and the whole uh, crunch up of the basin occurred. And, uh, and then on the top of that, you've got late structures and epigenetic me- uh, quartz, silicious bearing gold uh, fluids uh, moving into favorable structures. So uh, there have been people saying there's epithermal mineralization in COBA. There's the possibility of that for sure, but I'm seeing it more as an epigenetic, meaning mm-hmm. late fluids into structures. Uh, very attractive. Um, I think gold is a is necessary for us to underpin our cash flow, and then hopefully, if silver moves along a bit up to, you know, forty Australian, then we uh, Manuka's in the pound six, then we'll we'll actually get that operation going. Mm. And what we do know from the Cobar region is that you get onto one of these structures uh, potentially. If you're thinking of the CSA mine peak. Uh, Gold mine, Endeavour, Lead Zinc, they can uh, go to the bowels of the earth. Absolutely. And uh, you know, I've been talking to a few of the guys who work there, and, and the underground drilling they've been doing at Peak has been successful in delineating a brand new um, lead zinc deposit sort of 100 metres away from them, which is totally blind, which just illustrates what you're talking about, Barry. Uh, there are rewards, but you, you've got to get into the street address. And, and then it's uh, and be patient, uh, fairly deep pockets because it is deep drilling to the main. But at, at this stage, Manuka's got a lot of noise that we need to put together and opportunities in the top three, four hundred metres. And, and uh, that's really where we're focusing at this juncture. Right. Now, the report on the strategic review um, pointed to exploration budget of $8 million over two years, 24,000 metres of drilling. Is the company fully funded for that or will it be um, raise money as uh, results come in? Uh, not fully funded. We've, the exploration will be funded through a combination of um, internal cash flow and then um, mm. ex- external um, inputs 
as, as we need it. So as I speak now, we're, we're just getting off the ground and uh, it, the main part of the exploration will be low cost for the next three to four or five months. Mm, and then mm. we'll be needing to get ready to drill, which will need, you know, three or four million. And uh, we've done a phase manner. So the eight, eight million is over two years. Um, I like a dual purpose rig and we've got quite a lot of orientated core allocated to the budget to make sure we get our structural models right. I must say with Manuka, I'm never sure whether the Cobar Basin is coming for free, uh, given the market cap, or whether it's the Taranaki uh, vanadium titanium magnetite uh, subsea uh, project. Um, are you able to give us a little update on Taranaki, what's happening there? Sure, I'm not really close to it but uh, at this juncture, but um, they're, they're going through their final environmental permitting uh, during next month, and well, yeah, it's early March. And uh, for pe- people need to just check the website on that. This is a basically a seafloor um, heavy minerals exercise. It's a vacuum cleaning exercise, getting iron uh, modules and uh, with a vanadium con- content which have emanated from the volcanic rocks uh, around Taranaki, Mount Egmont, and mm. uh, this. So, uh, and this is uh, probably a five-year development project, but uh, it's it's a company maker, I think, Barry, uh, mm. if, it, if it gets into its stride, and the technology has been well tried by De Beers uh, in, in southern Diamonds. Africa, off Namibia, mm. Mm. and uh, it's, it's actually a matter of getting, um, going through the phases and the bankable and tightening it up and offtakes and so forth. But it's a very exciting project to have in the background coming through on the back of what we're doing at COBA. Yep. So just swinging back onto COBA, uh, Phil, if you could just give us uh, investors a feel for what they need to be looking out for as 2023 unfolds. I think we'll be uh, putting out probably a little bit slow at the start, but there'll be feedback on uh, when we initiate drilling and that will be on the back of some good uh, geophysical, geological and structural um, integration. And and that will then set up a pipeline of uh, feed and certainly in the quarterlies, keep an eye out for a number of different intersections of polymetallic uh, and also just straight structurally controlled gold at this stage. Mm, okay. So there we go, folks. Very interesting story. Uh, Manuka bringing a very high-level and focused exploration strategy together, uh, which uh, should make for exciting times over the next two years. And, of course, Taranaki uh, in the background. So with that, Phil, thanks for your time today. You've explained the story really well. and appreciate that. So good luck with it all, and we'll be watching with interest. Thanks very much, Barry, and thanks for your time. Cheers. Cheers.